I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Oh yeah, what's up, basketball bettors? Welcome back to the NBA betting show. It's Wednesday, February twenty eighth. You listen to the Outkick Bets podcast. Of course, I'm the host Jeff Clark, and I got the hoops handicap and homie David Troy here to help me break down all six games tonight in the NBA Wednesday slate. I'm gonna bounce my bets off him. Hopefully, he can steer me in the right direction because your boy is getting crushed this year. Have not done as well as I hoped post All Star break, and on the season I'm down a little more than 11 units. So I have a lot of work to do with the time running out here in the NBA regular season. But that's why I brought in my basketball betting wise guy, David. <laughs> David, god damn it, what has gone wrong with my NBA season? I mean, it's it's probably just a bad just stretch. Stupid. No, I don't think that's it at all because. Like I read your stuff, I read your um, your posts. We talk quite a bit through text. We talk on this podcast. Your analysis is usually spot on with a lot of things. I mean, we look at things differently in a, in a couple of ways, but I think that's what makes us good because you probably look at it for more analy- analytical. I look at it more situational stuff, so it, it provides a good balance. Um, yeah, I had a terrible stretch in in January. And now in February, it's been a complete 180, and it's been awesome. Um, so it maybe it's just a real bad stretch, and you're right on the horizon of of going on a massive run. Hope so, and I hope your winning ways rub off on me. I could use some luck. Um, I have three plays today in our six game slate. Might even get to four or five, depending on what we talk about regarding player props. Going to stay away from the totals because I haven't been good at those the entire season. I've had mixed results of player props, so we'll see. But I'm interested in the slate. Uh, one of my favorite NBA regular season games are playing tonight. It's the regular season finale of the Clippers-Lakers. I have a bet on that, of course. Um, but we'll save that for the end since it is the prime time finale on the Wednesday slate. We'll start in the first game, which could be interesting depending on who actually plays for the Pelicans when they visit the Indiana Pacers. The Pacers are currently six and a half, seven point favorites at Caesars, which is the line I'm going to play with the Pelicans. I stupidly bet them, so I'm just going to force feed it through, even though you should definitely wait for the starting fives to be officially announced because Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram, and C.J. McCollum are all questionable. McCollum hasn't played in a couple games. Ingram and Zion played last night in the Pelicans' victory over the Knicks, which you profited off of, right, David? Yeah. That was a pretty easy one, right? You bet it before Jalen Brunson's official status was announced, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I, I bet it pretty early. I saw it at I think 
I I got it at two and a half and close at I six don't and even know what it yeah, it closed pretty pretty high. Um but we got it in early. Uh part of it was I knew that the four games and six nights for the Knicks were there. So I was like, if anybody's gonna sit out, it'll probably be this game. Plus New Orleans had the rest advantage and the Knicks should have lost the Pistons the night before. So it was kind of like a, a teetering and I was like, this is too close. We'll just, we'll take the, take it now uh, before it moves anymore. So yeah. It worked out. It was the Knicks stayed alive for three quarters, but then the Pelicans yeah. pulled away in the fourth. Yeah. You kind was... of expected. I love, I'm a Knicks fan. I love this Knicks team. Just like how hard they, they, they play and how much they compete and, I don't really just they don't quit on possessions. They don't quit on games. So um, I expected the them to hang around for a while, but the Pelicans to, to pull away. So good on you for getting that. What do you think about this matchup? Um, yeah, you know this one is a little weird to me. You you hit the nail on the head. You got to make sure that uh, Zion and Ingram are in this game. Um, playing a team like the Pacers, they're going to want to get out and run which makes me kind of lean towards the over automatically. The Pelicans have a pretty decent defense, so I wouldn't be surprised to keep this at least somewhat sweaty for the total. But my, my first thought was over um, for the game. I don't know if I can trust the Pacers to lay six and a half points against a good team. Um, this is the last game of of a road trip for the Pelicans. They go home after this. The Pacers are leaving after this. Pacers have been at home, um, which gives them a little bit of familiarity. Uh, it is possible that the Pelicans run out of gas. This is their third game in four nights. Um, this will also be the third game in four nights for the Pacers, but it is not a back-to-back, and there's no travel for them. Um, they're coming off of a loss to the Raptors that really shouldn't have happened. Um, and before that, they did take care of business against Detroit. They won by 14 and against, uh, Dallas, they won by 22. So maybe the six and a half isn't that unreasonable. Um, so I don't know. I have a hard time kind of backing either one of them here, but I probably would lean towards the over, uh, for the points if I, if I played anything in this game. Total is two twenty seven and a half. Two thirty. What did I say? Two thirty. Sorry. Two thirty seven and a half. Yeah, not yeah. two twenty seven. Two thirty seven and a half. Two thirty eight. Excuse me. Um, I'm I, I I next time we connect for our podcast, I think I'm going to not have any picks ready to go until I hear your your commentary because the situational analysis stuff is just falls through the cracks for me and, and you do a really good job of, of looking at that. That's actually, you know, as you kind of alluded to the foundation of your NBA regular season handicap. And whereas I just look at matchup stuff and analytical stuff and that's, that's been a losing, uh, losing way to go about things this year. So hopefully it all, um, evens out in the wash for me, but here and the fact that the Pelicans are playing their third game in four nights makes this a stupid bet. And I also think I'm kind of forcing it today by playing three games out of the six. There's no reason to have that big of a card. I just feel like gambling 
and I'm a little like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, excited and ramped up about not getting my teeth kicked in on Tuesday. Um, but I'm, I'm going with the Pelicans, um, just because their defense can get stops and, and, and the Pacers can't, that's pretty much the, the, the bulk of my handicap here. Um, they do play really well on no rest, or excuse me, the Pelicans are five and four against a spread on zero days rest, which is, you know, pretty good considering they have guys that usually take time off. Um, and the, in this month, the Pelicans are ninth in offensive efficiency, fourth in defensive efficiency. Again, Indiana just can't play any defense or 20th in defensive rating. So I'm also liking the Pelicans here because they do have a basketball edge in terms of crashing the glass. Um, they're eighth in offensive rebounding this month and third and second chance points per game and even the Pelicans, despite adding another lengthy big who can rebound a little bit, Pascal Siakam, they still don't defensive rebound very well, and they give up too many second-chance points. Um, but as I say that, no Zion here. They might grab fewer offensive rebounds, even though Lance, Larry Nance Jr. likes to crash the glass, and, and Jonas Valanciunas has random just pop-up games. So hoping that's what I get here, dude. Um, I was thinking of a a player prop. I was thinking of uh, Herbert Jones over one and a half made threes, which is even money. He's cashed this in seven of his last uh, nine games overall. He's been really, really good on catch and shoot threes. I'm looking for the stat uh, that I saw tweeted out the other night about it. I'm scrolling through my timeline I'm struggling to find it but he might get more looks today if Brandon Ingram doesn't play and and Zion Williamson doesn't play either way he's going to get the least of the least attention from Indiana's defensive unit um, just because of all the scorers that the the Pelicans put on the floor granted if Ingram play if Zion plays and if CJ McCollum plays so um, if they don't play, he might get more usage. If he doesn't, he might get easier looks. So either way, even money, I, I kind of like it here. Yeah, he's also shooting better on the road than he is uh, um, at home, yeah. 46%. Weird reverse like splits. Yeah, so I like that look. Um, God. I don't see it listed personally on uh, DraftKings. So Really, I saw it on DraftKings, but I saw it through BetStamp. Oh yeah, I don't Maybe see they it right it now, but yeah, um, I don't know. Yeah, I see it at plus one hundred on BetStamp, or plus one hundred on DraftKings, plus one hundred on BetMGM, and minus one hundred two at Pinnacle, minus one hundred six at, at Caesar. So it's pretty much even money across the board. That's only a lean, though. You know, as I said with player props, I. Not a huge fan of them until the playoffs. But we move on to the second game here on the schedule, unless you have anything else in this one. Nope. Dallas Mavericks at the Toronto Raptors. I am going to make another sucker play and bet the Dallas Mavericks plus, or excuse me, minus three at the Toronto Raptors. The Raptors, or the total is uh, 238.5, 239, depending on where you shop. Um, the Mavericks just lost uh, um, 
a heartbreaker <laughs> after a would-be game-winning uh, layup by P.J. Washington. Max Struess buried a 60-footer uh, as time expired to give the Cavaliers a win. Really wish he shot like that when I bet his over 10.5 points the other day. Uh, I'm still pissed off at Max Struess about that. But Dallas usually bounces back well from losses. Um, they are 15-8 and eight straight up and against the spread following a loss. And they're six and three against the spread um, on the second of a back-to-back, three and one straight up, and four and zero oh against the spread on the road on the second of a back-to-back. So I'm gonna buy him here, um, hoping this is a sell-high spot for the Raptors, who have won three straight and covered four straight, and a buy-low spot in the Mavs after they just lost a uh, uh, a rough one last night. Do you have any thoughts on this game, one way or the other? Yeah, uh, I'm actually with you. I I think Dallas is the right side on this one. I haven't fully uh, bet it yet. I saw it last night at two and a half, and I was like, after that loss, they have to be coming out hot in this one. The Raptors do have the advantage um, in terms of rest, and this is also a third and four for the Mavericks, back-to-back with travel, going to Canada, where they have to do customs as soon as they get there. So they're probably going to be pretty tired, um, which makes me think that this is probably an underspot for both of the teams. It's at 239.5. Is that what it's at right now? Yeah, 239.5. I I lean towards the under in this game. Um, I just think that both teams are going to be a little exhausted. They did play earlier, or not both teams, but – the Mavericks will be a little too exhausted to to necessarily be running up and down every single time. The Raptors did beat the Mavericks in their first game. It went over what over this total. Um, I don't know if it went over the game total in the first one. I would guess it did. Uh, two thirty, yeah, probably went over. Um, so you do have a revenge side for the Mavs here. They probably should have won last night. They obviously lost on that big heave. Um. So, I mean, the side to me would point to the Mavericks except for the rest, but the Raptors just aren't that good. I I think the best play, again, probably the under in this one, and then one player prop I kind of like is Gary Trent Jr. over 12.5 points. He's shot 12, 14, and 12 field goals um, his last three games, and right now Dallas has one of the worst uh, defenses against shooting guards in the last seven days. So giving up um, a ton of points to the, to the opposing team's shooting guard, you never know who's going to get a bunch of shots with Toronto. It's always been a kind of an issue uh, more so when Siakam was there, but uh, this is one game where I do think Trent should be able to get 13 or more points in the, in the contest. So those are my looks for this one. Uh, Jacob Portal, the the center for the Raptors, is questionable to play. Mm-hmm. Um, when he's off the floor, the Toronto Raptors defense is terrible, and they really struggle keeping opponents off the foul line. So I think Luka and Kyrie can get to the foul line with ease um, if Portal is missing or sits out this game. And quickly is a good defensive guard, but – their perimeter defense is pretty terrible, and they allow teams to chuck threes, which is not good when you're playing Dallas because Dallas 
I think has the second highest three point attempt rate in the NBA. They're they're in the top ten and they kind of live or die by the three. So if you're gonna let Luca and Kyrie and Tim Hardaway Jr., who I was looking at for a player prop since he's been bad lately, and I think he could break out this game. If you're gonna let them chuck threes, um, I think they're gonna burn you. So hoping that's what we see tonight. But again, betting a team the third day and four nights is just it's a lack of situational awareness on my part because I I'm not I'm just I'm not gonna lie to you guys I didn't I didn't fucking see it I didn't even see it and hearing you say it back to me considering it really bums me out considering how much time I spent looking at these games looking at the matchups and like it's just as simple as counting the days I didn't I didn't even do that like uh gotta get better just. Got to get closer to even before the playoffs because that's where I think I'm going to shine considering I do feel as though I I, I, I I do a good job breaking down the matchups, but this situational shit. Man, I need to start texting you really early in the morning. Next game. There. <laughs> I know. I know. You're, you're, you're always answering my text. You put up with my shit. I appreciate that, buddy. Yeah, anytime. Next game, your Chicago Bulls. Hosting the Cleveland Cavaliers a day after losing to the Lowly Pistons. Been playing better. I was on the Pistons last night, plus 11. Thank God they came through for me. I needed a win yesterday. So happy the Pistons, who I've lost a lot of money on, came through. But uh, the Bulls, again, hosting the Cavaliers, who got a pretty fortunate win last night. Bulls are five and a half point underdogs at home. The total's 216. I really wanted to pull the trigger on the Bulls. You know, this has to be the ultimate buy low spot after losing the Detroit Pistons. The only worst loss at this time would be to the Wizards. And even that's arguable. And then you got the sell high spot on the Cavaliers after that miraculous um, Struce buzzer beater last night. However, I think since last year, the Cavs are 7 0 against the Bulls and have covered five of those, maybe chopped the other one if I call correctly and I've liked the Cavs a lot this year I've made money off of them um they're a good team they're very good and the Bulls are just hit or miss so I'm staying away from it with a lean towards the Bulls just because I think it's a good buy low spot but what do you think yeah I think the Bulls are probably the right side the one thing I would uh correct you on is losing to the Trailblazers would have been worse than losing to the Pistons or the Wizards at this point. The Trailblazers are the worst. I can't even watch them, man. Yeah. They're so bad. But um, aside from that, both teams, and I, I'll just mention this as well, both teams are on back-to-backs and third and four nights. Uh, what's, the, 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 what's the travel from Cleveland to Chicago? It's like an hour. It's Not nothing. bad, right? But yeah. Driving or, or in, <clears throat> no, uh, in a Okay, hour flight. Okay. Yeah. So it's like so, from here to San Fran or whatever. Yeah. I mean, they, they probably got into Chicago maybe at 11. Like, I wouldn't think it, you know, they're probably in their hotel room by 12 or something like that. Oh, last Should night? Be, you think, it, you think they flew there last night? Yeah, I would think so. Okay. Maybe they didn't. Maybe they stayed home. Um, I don't know. I it doesn't matter with I an hour saw. flight, right? Um. So... <laughs> I used to work for a sleep organization, so there actually is some real like 
analysis behind this that the first night in a hotel room is your worst night of sleep that you're going to have. And um, I'm sure these, these guys are all doing it constantly. So it's probably a little bit different, but um, my, my only thought that I was having is if I'm following a um, Cleveland beat reporter, and I don't think I am, I usually follow them to try and see like, a lot of these women will like post on their Instagram stories like, oh, I woke up and went to yoga in Chicago today. And then you know that the team's already there, that kind of stuff. So I I do check out those things quite a bit. But that's all beside from uh, aside from the point of me basically saying that I don't really have a play in this game. Um, I thought the Bulls were going to crush the Cavs when they didn't have Mitchell and Garland uh, back in January. And this was one of the games that, um, or excuse me, it was uh, December. And I was very, very wrong about that. And then the Bulls played them recently on Valentine's Day and kept it really close. Kobe White had that, uh, I think he missed a a chance at a game-winning shot. Um, The Bulls are playing better. They're playing for something. They're playing to try and make the play-in tournament. The Cavs have been really good lately. There's no real situation spot here that I think is much better. Though I will say, um, so the Cavs have played the 22nd, 23rd, 25th, 27th, and now 28th. So that's five games in in, uh, seven days. So this is going to start catching up to them at some point. And tonight could be that night where you're coming off of a, a an emotional win, um, a hard-fought win at home. You traveled, then went home, now travel again. The Bulls are sitting at home losing to the Pistons. So, yeah, I think the Bulls are the right side, getting five and a half points. But they haven't really shown outside of one game this season that they can hang with the Cavs. So not quite sure I'll get there. I do think they're the right side. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to the deal on Spotify. Uh, I'm looking up the props now. Anything jumping out to you, though? Uh, I would look at Kobe White again. I um, was looking at him, but I was thinking under. It's because it's for, his point props at 20 and a half. That feels high for him, even though he he has been playing really well this year. He's went over 20 and a half. I'm eyeballing it now. It looks like once in his last seven games. And this is a good defense. Were you thinking opposite, though? They are not. To me, they are not a good defense on the perimeter. Um, Garland is. Well, I should say I don't think Mitchell is that good of a defender, at least. Neither is Garland. But I think think the support they have behind them just, like, rises raises the team's overall defensive efficiency, obviously, because I agree with you. Right. So Kobe in the last one had 32 points against them, uh, 11 of 17 shooting, which 
the the attempts is not outlandish. The attempt is pretty much in line with how many he's he's shooting, but he was much more efficient, hit a lot more. He was five of eight from three. I don't expect that to necessarily be the case again. Um, but if you're talking about 20 and a half points, he's only hit that once in his past one, two, three, seven, seven games. games. Yeah. So not exactly the game you want to necessarily jump in. I think the, the line is probably fair. I'm not going to necessarily touch it. Um, DeMar DeRozan might be somebody because he does get so much volume and he just, like if it's a close game, they're going to hand the ball to DeMar and just be like, all right, go go get fouled so you can shoot free throws, which is pretty much his entire game. So um, yeah, he's, probably, probably look towards that. DeMar DeRozan's point total is 22 and a half. Juice on the over. For what it's worth, Juice is on the over for Kobe White as well. But um, DeMar DeRozan has went over. Well, he scored at least 24 points in one, two, eight of his last nine games. Yeah. I, I, what, what has he done against Cleveland? Do you have that off, uh, off the top? I don't. Chance? I can get it probably. Yeah, um, I'm trying to pull it up too while you're. I was going to mention somebody else, actually. It was Ayo Dosumo. Um, I kind of like his under tonight. So he had 12 points against Cleveland last time they played. His total today is 12.5. Ayo's actually a solid enough player, but it's not like he is always super efficient from outside. Like If he's hot, he's going to go over this total. If he's not, though, he's going to go under because he doesn't – get a ton of baskets like by the rim and he's not going to be able to today anyways. Um, so I, I kind of lean towards the under with him. He had 12 in the last one. Let's see what he had the other times. He had 10 on the 15th and then he had four in the other game against uh, Cleveland. So he hasn't even hit 12 or he hasn't hit 13 points in any of the games against Cleveland this season. Um, I'm seeing a couple 13 actually, and a halfs out there as well. Oh, really? Well, that, that, I like that even better. And then he has nine and a half, or he only scores 9.9 points at home on the season. He scores 10.9 away. Uh, let me see if I can pull up his splits as a starter versus, um, cause what's his face? Alex Caruso got hurt a little bit last night. He did come back to play, but you never know. He might sit out. Uh, let's see. DeSumo, his usage rate is ninth on the uh, on Chicago. But yeah. you can remove a few people like Ada, Adama Sonogo because you know, he's only played three games and Zach Levine, who's out for the year. Yeah. Um, otherwise still doesn't have a very high usage rate. Yeah. So right now I would say that's probably my favorite prop is him to go under 12 and a half points. Uh, if you want to be safer and this is just a new theory on mine, take under 21 and a half points, rebounds and assists on him. And uh, if you have somewhere to go, I, I will end the conversation there, but <laughs> if you want me to explain why I can. I would, I would love to hear it. I love new theories. <laughs> so I, I've kind of told you about this in the past. I am starting to feel like, to a certain extent, 
point rebounds and assists are, are almost uh, suckers bets because now you're almost parlaying three different things to try and get one result. Um, and it, I do think there's very specific times when they can be a good bet, but I also think that the under is probably the best way to look for a lot of these because you're basically asking this player to get over in three different categories in order for this to hit. So if you look at his uh, points, it's 12 and a half and then his rebounds are three and a half. So you're looking at 13, that's 17 that he would have to hit over for both of those. And then five assists for his over for that. So that'd be 22. If he got all three of those things over and just barely over, you're at 22. His over under is 21 and a half. So if he goes under any of those, you should in theory hit the under. Now, obviously, points are two at a time, or I guess free throws count for one or three at a time with a three. So call it two at a time. If he goes over his points, you are a lot more likely to be in jeopardy for the points, rebounds, and assists. But so much has to go right that I, I think that these are, I think I need to spend more time looking at the unders for them than I do thinking about ways that the over could cash because rather than pay 100, you know, minus 140 for uh, a point prop i want to pay minus 110 or minus 115 for the pra and i i need to avoid it and i think the under is a better look and i think in this particular game under for him 21 and a half is is probably a fair play uh maybe even better than under points specifically so oh, that's my thought it's a bit of a mic drop so Memphis, Minnesota. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I, I, I have nothing on this. I like all the stuff we are leaning towards, uh, especially the the under for Kobe White and Ao. Uh, I'm not sure I'm going to pull the trigger on either, either one of them, but based on your analysis, um, I'm leaning more towards Ao than than Kobe White because Kobe White's like they're counting on his production. He's kind of going to fire away no matter what, whereas A.O. can get lost in a game-in, game-out basis, as the usage rate would suggest. So, But we should move along. The Memphis Grizzlies at the Minnesota Timberwolves. I'm hoping this conversation is going to be quick. The Timberwolves are 12-point favorites. Totals 209, 209.5, 208.5 in some books. I have nothing in this game. Um, I hate betting the Timberwolves. They always screw me. And I've made some money off of the Grizzlies this year, so I'm kind of good, but I, I don't know what to expect from them from a day-in, day day-out basis because they're the most injured team in the NBA. So I have nothing in this game. Do you have anything? Yeah, I mean, the Timberwolves should cover this, but it kind of depends on how much they want to. This is a back-to-back for them. Um does it really matter if for that? Then they don't have travel and they're playing against basically a G League squad. I don't know. You know, it, it all is about motivation here. They I played will the. Say, I'm go sorry. Ahead. I'm sorry. Go, oh, ahead. go ahead. No, 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 no. So some people, and I think Outkick was one of them, kind of clowned on Draymond Green for giving Anthony Edwards shit on his podcast about not trying hard enough in the All Star game and not wanting to win an all-star game MVP. And he was like, you know, the greats do that. It's like an important part of your resume. And I actually agree with Draymond. And why I bring that up is like, if that's the mentality, granted it's an all-star game, 
I could see Minnesota just sleeping on Memphis and playing with their food and not winning by margin here. Um, Rudy Gobert, as we know, is just an offensive dud. So if Anthony Edwards isn't cooking, and we know how low Carl Anthony Towns' basketball IQ is, I don't trust Minnesota to cover here. Again, I, I it's just a random thought that I had that I, I you know, cut you off to, to say, but and I'm also just kind of wrapping up with whatever I already said, which is I'm not playing this game, but that is a thought that I had. So if anything, I would bet the, the Grizzlies with that in mind. Does any of that make sense or did I just hijack so, this for nothing? No, there's a couple things there. Uh, Anthony Edwards is not a guy that I will criticize about um, playing because he actually tries to play in all 82 games. And he has said that he thinks that's important. Um, the All-Star game is stupid. And and I kind of agree, like, you don't have to play hard. If you're the only guy out there trying to play hard, it's not going to really be noticed to a certain extent. Jason Tatum shot like 50 times in the All-Star game a couple of years ago so that he could get the MVP. He got it, and that was it. Like, I mean, it's just I don't care that he doesn't want to play in the All-Star game or that he doesn't want to try hard because he's trying to play in the games that theoretically should matter, right? What I have noticed about the Timberwolves is they do tend to play down to their competition. They do tend to let people into games. They have taken care of business against the Grizzlies this year. Uh, hasn't been much of an issue. Um, with with all that being said, do they cover 12? They should. Do they want to, again, after playing another team yesterday that they didn't really care about and they allowed to cover that game? I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say. I don't think it's worth getting to the window with it. I would potentially say Anthony Edwards is worth looking at for his under on 27 and a half points. And I will bring that up because he only played 33 minutes yesterday. He did come back after he was like helped to the locker room. Uh, But I don't know how like cautious he'll be or how, you know, any of that stuff today. So I would think that maybe it's, it's worth taking a shot on his under but other than that i really don't have a full official or anything even worth really playing in this game he's been on a scoring tear so this might be not the time to fade him but um i i personally just i i don't know necessarily what to do with this game and those are all my thoughts i guess (laughs) all right cool uh, next game, 9 o'clock Eastern Standard tip-off between the reigning champion Denver Nuggets. They're hosting the Sacramento Kings. The Nuggets are currently 7.5, 8-point favorites. Totals at 230.5, 2.31, depending on where you shop. I like the Kings as underdogs. I thought about betting them here, but I just don't like the idea of fading Denver considering how well they've been playing defense. And... um. Um, De'Aaron Fox is, is on the injury report. He's, he's iffy against Denver, supposedly with, uh, some knee soreness. So if he doesn't play, I don't really, I, it's hard to justify back in the Kings here, but I, I am going to stay away because I do think the number is a little too high. And again, I like the Kings as underdogs. What are your thoughts on this one? If any, if any at all, uh, I think I like the Nuggets. Um, they're, home off that big win against Golden State. And I know you were on Golden State in that game. 
the Nuggets were down 16 points when Jokic was on the bench. And then he came in and they railed. They, they I think they had a 14-0 run going into halftime, tied it up. And then in the second half, they just took over the game and didn't look back. Um, that was an impressive win. The Kings have won all three matchups against the Nuggets this year, yeah. which is it's hard to beat a team three times, but it's probably even harder to beat them four times, especially on their home floor. I would think the Nuggets are going to come out of this one with the rest advantage, home court advantage, and kind of say like, all right, let's kind of step on these guys' throats and actually finish them off in this one because they've made us look bad the last few times. Um, if Fox is out, this will be a cakewalk for Denver. Uh, they are, Denver is you know, healthy enough. Um, I want to take a quick look at what they have ahead after this, uh, both Denver and so Denver plays Miami tomorrow, which is a rematch of the finals. Um, look ahead Sac- spot. It could be, it absolutely could be, but it'd be more of a look ahead spot if they had lost to Miami. Um, Sacramento goes to play in Minnesota afterwards. This is third and four for the Kings with two days of uh, travel or two of, two of those games travel. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think the Nuggets are the right side. I think they cover this. I think they should win this game by, you know, 10 points. But I don't, I don't know. You know, you never know what Kings team is going to show up either. So I'll, I will heavily lean towards the Nuggets. How about that? Fair enough. Okay. Uh, the finale of Wednesday is the Battle of Los Angeles with the Lakers meeting the Clippers in their um, shared building for the final time ever, unless they play in the playoffs next year. The Clippers with their new logos play in uh, I don't know, I don't even know the name of the arena, um, but it is a different arena that's being built for them. Um, the Clippers are three and a half point favorites. I bet the Clippers almost every time in this matchup because since I moved to Los Angeles in November of 2011, the uh, Clippers are 36 and nine straight up against the Lakers and 30 and 15 against the spread. And considering just how like braggadocious and how loud the Lakers fan base is, it's hilarious that the Clippers. <laughs> have owned them over the past decade. Um, the, the the Clippers aren't playing very good right now. and uh, In fact, they're playing bad. They're playing terribly. Um, and they're going to be without Paul George for this game. The Lakers randomly play good and randomly play bad. They got uh, beat by 10 in their last game against the Phoenix Suns. But... You know, LeBron likes to get up for these matchups or these primetime games. Maybe he's a little butthurt about his kid being taken off the mock draft. Um, either way, I'm betting the Clippers minus three and a half because the they are the second best three-point shooting team in the league. Lakers allow far too many threes. The Lakers, despite all their complaining, average 7.2 more free throw attempts per game this month than their opponents. Um, but against the Clippers, they only average like three more free throw attempts per game in their meeting. So I think they'll get to the line a little bit less than they usually do, even though they've been bitching about it 
And I think the Clippers cash in on some threes. Hopefully Norman Powell heats up in lieu of Paul George not being there. Do you want anything to do with this game? Not really. Um, I'm blaming your smarter man than me. I mean, the Lakers play again tomorrow at home, which is the same as playing here. Uh, Clippers at least get a day off. So you you probably see a better effort out of the Lakers in the first half than the second necessarily. But, uh, and what I mean by that is if they're winning in the first half, then they probably try and close it out in the second. If they are losing in the first half, they probably pack it away and the, the Clippers just call it and you know, they'll, they'll win easily. Um, I read something about the the way the Clippers have been playing without Paul George and how bad their offense is without him. Yeah. And it it's like something like 120 down to 111. Like it, it their offensive efficiency rating. It's pretty wild. So um I was on the Clippers the other day when they played the Kings and that was a loser. Um I was expecting them to kind of rejuvenate themselves now that they were back at home, ready to kind of go. Um, It did not go that way at all. So I probably am just going to stay off of them until they get healthy again. And when they have everybody, they are arguably the best team in the league. Mm -hmm. But without even one of their better players, they are not that good. So no play in it for me. Nope, I don't even have a prop. I don't have anything in it, to be honest. Fair enough. No reason to force it. Do you have any uh, bet you're willing to give out to the listeners? Uh, I I think my favorite bet so far, and, and one I probably will get there on, is the under in the Mavericks versus Raptors, that under 239.5. All right. Well, hopefully the... Uh... Mavericks beat the brakes off of them. Everyone pulls their players late, and that under cashes easily. And because of uh, the guy, the game dying down over uh, uh, garbage time. At least that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. That it way, is. both of us win. Yeah, perfect. Win-win. <laughs> yeah, I'm betting the uh, Pelicans plus seven at Caesars. I'd play it down to plus five and a half. Or even four and a half of Zion and Ingram play. I'm going to bet the Mavericks minus three, which feels square, almost as square as the Clippers minus three and a half over the Lakers. There's eight games on Thursday, the final day of February. Maybe what's, we can pencil in connecting tomorrow and discussing them. We've got a couple good ones. Warriors at the Knicks, Heat at the Nuggets. I'll take pencil your temperature. Yeah, I got I got some stuff going on, but we'll uh, we'll see if we can find a way, uh, time. All right, show time. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Thanks for streaming the Outkick Pets podcast. Make sure to leave us uh, some love on social media. You can rate, subscribe, and review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Be sure to check out David's season-long NBA betting packages at beatinthebookie.com. You can follow his betting content um, for Outkick or otherwise at Future Press 2024 on X or Twitter. And that's it. So until tomorrow or whenever we talk to you guys again, peace. Peace.